1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now; get what you need there—the rankings, sleepers, busts, my snake draft strategies, my rookie rankings, as well as you can look at my do-not-draft list. And we did a whole show on that here to start the week here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. Here we're going to continue with more draft strategy sessions. We focused on quarterbacks, how you should approach and attack that position here in 2022 based on the player values. We're going to do that for running back today. That means wide receivers on deck, and we'll close the week looking at the tight end philosophies you should have in your fantasy football redraft leagues here in 2022. So we'll dive into what you need to know and how you kind of... uh, Think about players, uh, players to maybe avoid runs to not get involved in, and then sleepers and busts that you can think about as well while you're on the clock looking for a starting lineup and depth at this position. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, let's dive right in, shall we, to the running backs here. And... uh, Really, running backs is an interesting uh, position for sure. It used to be got us load up and make sure you get two RBs at the top of your draft. That's not the case right now. In 2022, it's a different position. So you need to target the right running backs in the first round when you're on the clock here. And uh, that's the biggest thing is that don't force running back in your lineup at first. I'm not saying you commit to the zero running back philosophy and just keep on waiting and get your wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks first and then just get different lottery tickets in this position with reasonable production and really put the emphasis on more reliable players elsewhere. I'm also not saying go old school, go RBRB and stick to that plan as well. You have to be flexible. You want to have a spread out balanced team. So there's no one right way to approach running back. It's more about the player values that you're looking for. So let's start right there. There are a few players that I think are worthy of first-round picks for sure here. And uh, some of them are different from what everyone else has, and that's good. That's what we want to do is uh, make sure you're avoiding falling into groupthink here. I think, number one to me, Jonathan Taylor. If you have the number one overall pick in any kind of lottery situation, or you have the most money to throw out in a auction and you want to just go after the best player, make sure that you invest highly in Jonathan Taylor. So, again, first pick overall, don't overthink it. it, is Jonathan Taylor. There's no other choice here. He's the running back with the fewest questions. He's got young, fresh legs, the recent track history of leading the league in rushing and being an absolute fantasy football stud. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him here. We know that uh, running back in general is a durability risk, even for the healthiest player, but... Right now, Jonathan Taylor, all the signs, his role in the offense, his talent, his usage, all that points to him being the clear number one pick. Just don't overthink that. Now, you might need to think a little bit more, however, in the first round when it's not Jonathan Taylor and you get into running backs who are worthy. Now, I think there's a cutoff that we need to look at here at different positions, and I think there are five guys you could look at there before you even uh, go dive into Cooper Cup and any of the top wide receivers here. And my Fantastic Five, so to speak here, (coughs) excuse me, Jonathan Taylor's the number one, so we know that. So who's in the group with him? I think Najee Harris is in there. Again, he's a workhorse, unquestioned on his team, was very durable last year as a rookie. I think things are going to only point up for him with his role. And I think really the passing game with either Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, hopefully it's more Pickett here, playing is going to help Harris as well. They upgraded their interior offensive line a little bit in Pittsburgh. And they're going to be committed to him. The touchdown positive regression should happen here where it was limited in his rookie year because he can get a lot of chances. The yards per carry should go up. He's going to be involved in the passing game. So Najee Harris, you feel great with the volume. And again, youth serves well in fantasy football, especially when it comes to running back. So I'm comfortable doing that with Najee Harris. And he's that exclusive club guy in the top five here. So Taylor and Harris are there. I think Dalvin Cook also falls into this category for me because look at Kevin O'Connell. He's coming over from the Rams. They've tried to use Dalvin Cook in more dynamic ways here so far in the offseason training camp. They want to expand his role as a receiver and really deploy him there in the right way. He's an excellent receiver. We know that. He's also a very explosive runner. He just had 20 touchdowns two years ago. So Dalvin Cook is... Got the top level of talent here. O'Connell and that influence is going to really help him. So I really like that situation as well. So we have Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook. Yes, and I'm going to also say Derrick Henry. Uh, Not a surprise there. I think you just have to be wary. He's got a lot of wear and tear. He missed nine games last season with a foot injury, and they put a lot on his back, shoulders, legs, whatever you want to call it in Tennessee. But we know when he's on the field, he's freakish talent big, strong, fast. So you're still gonna get that return in Derrick Henry. I just think I feel a little bit more comfortable with with Harris and Cook right now with their upside in their offenses versus Henry. A lot of other question marks starting to develop. The offensive line maybe breaking down a little bit. Ryan Tannehill not maybe giving the same support. You have a remixed receiving core. So there are some changes that you have to consider beyond the Henry coming back from injury here in Tennessee. So he's still there, and again, you can debate all these guys, but to me they're the core four of five that I'm looking for. And then I think there's kind of a 5A and 5B here, but the guy I trust next is Austin Eckler. You look at his role in the Chargers offense, they're going to score a ton of points. He's another 20-touchdown score from last year. He's a very efficient runner all, overall. He's going to stay healthier here with Isaiah Spiller taking some of the power work, but still going to finish well in the red zone and be a very integral part of their passing game. I like that he's receiving first with his volume here. So half-point, full-point PPR, Eckler, not even a question he's a core player. Now, if you were going to go to standard leagues, I think you look more Joe Mixon, but really those two guys kind of fall into that five. But Eckler, to me overall, because of his scoring and receiving, and that potential, as well as uh, being in the higher-scoring explosive offense. I think the Bengals are special as well, but I think there's uh, some factors that could contain Joe Mixon and the scoring there. I think the other parts are going to be fine with the rushing and receiving. So, again, if you're in a half-point or full-point PPR league, that player's Eckler, I think there's a case to be made. It's Mixon if you're not getting as much value from the volume and the passing game, you can go there with Joe Mixon. But So you have the Fantastic Five slash Super Six that you can look at there depending on your league format. Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon. I would feel really good about any of those guys as my RB1 this season uh, based on what they did last season, what they can do this season, all the factors that you're looking for here. And... Tapping into that now, one guy I did not mention was Christian McCaffrey. We're off him here. We said that with our do not draft list, he was the top list of their running backs. It's just not going to happen with the injury issues. There's just too much better value there. Like, you trust these other guys, right? These are guys that you know have a better chance of staying healthy, they're in higher upside offenses. McCaffrey is with the Panthers. I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to make them all all the more explosive all of a sudden, where you feel great about McCaffrey. His best value has been with Cam Newton. And again, three years removed. He's had a lot of injuries there that are going to pile up. And they're not the type of injuries that you just recover from, like like a broken arm or a concussion. There are things that are related to soft tissue wear and tear with McCaffrey being overworked early in his career overall with the touches. So it's catching up to him. I'm just going to avoid him. And he's getting a little bit older there. And remember, he had a high-volume set there from... Stanford that is still carrying over here, where I think these other guys are just more apt to hold up here with the key volume, and that's what you're seeing here, and that's why we have that Fantastic Five slash Super Six that you're looking at there at running backs. Now, that's when you have to consider wide receiver, when you have that drop-off from those guys I mentioned, Taylor, Harris, Cook, Henry, Eckler, Mixon. If one of those guys are not available, then you can definitely pivot to Cooper Cup. You have Justin Jefferson next and Jamar Chase. That's how I look at uh, those three elite top-tier wide receivers there. And again, there's an argument to me that Stephon Diggs should be a first-round pick behind those guys, or Devontae Adams there. So there is room for four wide receivers. I think there are eight first-round running backs. I mentioned McCaffrey's not one of them. Saquon is not one of them either. DeAndre Swift is not one for me either. So who are these guys? It, and... I think you just point to tried and true big part of their offenses. It doesn't matter. These guys have some competition. Aaron Jones has A.J. Dillon. Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt. Those are the guys that I think round out the top eight for me as first round picks as running backs here. Aaron Jones still in a very great rushing offense. Dillon gets a chunk of work and carries, but Jones has been productive even with Dillon emerging here. They're going to lean a lot on Jones in the running and passing game with the changing of the guard at wide receiver here, figuring out things around Aaron Rodgers. So it could be very much like Matt LaFleur's first season where Rodgers didn't put up the MVP numbers. It was much about Jones. That could easily duplicate itself. So that kind of upside in the role and also having Dylan there is going to keep his legs fresh and rather healthy. I feel much better again about Jones and his ability. And again, a top-level offense on a good team versus McCaffrey and Barkley being on bad teams. Aaron Jones is one of those that I would look in the top eight in the first round. And then Nick Chubb, there are rumors that Kareem Hunt wants out. That would be great development that would leave Dearness Johnson as a clear handcuff to Chubb as well, and then also help Chubb tap in a little bit more to his receiving abilities here. So something to watch out for this season for sure with Chubb, especially if they move Hunt from this situation. It'll be a pretty good backfield to attach yourself to. I know you're saying, okay, Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, but I don't think Brissett versus uh, what they had last year with the fading Baker Mayfield with a shoulder injury or Case Keenum, it's not that much different, right? The production was still there. We saw Ernest Johnson plug and play behind that offensive line to have a big game on Thursday night with Keenum starting. So it's still there, and that's what you look at. And if Hunt is out of that situation, giddy up there with Chubb, and we might make room for him and expand our – Group to a sensational seven if he's in there. So, if Hunt is gone, I mean, Chubb's value is going to go up here quite a bit and he's going to jump Jones. But Jones or Chubb, you look at either of those guys in very good situations and different ways that they're going to approach that production and different styles of runners, but they're going to get the job done here for you and they're going to be key touchdown scorers on their team as well. So, Taylor Harris-Cook, Henry Eckler, Mixon, and then add Jones and Chubb as the first-rounders for short the position, avoid McCaffrey and Barkley. Again, that's going to be throughout. And DeAndre Swift was another player that I didn't want to buy into too much. He said had some durability issues. There could be a committee thing in the lines. Again, a team that has some offensive promise, but we still don't think is going to be good overall. It's really hard to invest in a running back on those teams. So all these guys, I mean, Colts, you know the offense is going to be better with that some of the things they can do in the passing game. The Steelers upgraded their wide receiver core, and they'll have a better quarterback situation. Dalvin Cook, just by the O'Connell situation. Henry's Henry. Eckler, great spot of the Chargers. Mixon, same thing with the Bengals. And Jones and Chubb attached to the Packers and Browns and what we've known from those offenses here that are not changing in 2022. So that's how you approach your first-round strategy at running back. Uh, in our next segment, uh, we'll tell you about some Overall strategies we want to think about with running backs, and then we'll uh, get into some sleepers and busts here on today's show. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And we know it's a big week because the preseason kick kicks off here in earnest with week one around the NFL. There was some good action last week if you took the Raiders and uh, that cover two and a half with the Jaguars and uh, the over, you were in really good shape with the Raiders. So that should have got your juices flowing here to get in on more action. The preseason is just the appetizer for the grind of the 18 week NFL regular season. So, we can't wait for that and all those games that we can get in on in the NFL in a weekly basis. This is just a teaser, and Bet Online continues to be the top online source for all your sporting information, not just NFL, from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use a mobile device to learn more about the action happening day. Bet Online, where the game starts.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, it is time to continue our draft strategy session on running backs today. And uh, here's some general things you want to keep in mind here. So, once you've got your running back in the first round really think about going away from running back in the second round There's just values that you look at at tight end when you look at travis kelsey and mark andrews really giving yourself an advantage of that position you can tap into one of the wide receiver ones there as well so having a well-rounded team is important and there's a lot of volatility when you get into the rb2s and that's the thing that we want to look at here so once we get beyond those guys that I mentioned there in that top group, uh, I've mentioned those eight running backs, then if you're interested in Barkley McCaffrey or Swift, go in that direction. But then you look at some other guys that are on the board. Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, and Cam Akers. I think that's where I might draw the line there with those backs. So we had the eight we talked about. And then we had uh, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Swift, so there's 11. And then you add these guys here. You're looking at uh, the middle of the RB2s where there's a bit of a drop-off and we're not 100% sure what's going to happen with the situation. That's kind of the line between Cam Akers and David Montgomery, and uh, that's what you look at. So all of a sudden these guys are starting to look the same. There's some situational running backs you're looking at, so... That's why I think it's a good strategy if you get that RB early in the first round and you feel good about it, especially if you have Jonathan Taylor. You're not going to take another running back because you have such an advantage of that position. You're going to look at the 24th pick. If you're in a 12-team league in a snake draft, that's where you're going to be picking next. You might not get one of these values. So, again, don't force yourself into running back either in the first round, especially not in the second round if you've already picked a running back there make sure that you're not ignoring the better values at wide receiver and tight end. So when you look at the rankings overall, in that spot, sweet spot there, you've got Debo Samuel, again I mentioned Mark Andrews, Mike Evans, you got some good value with Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown and T. Higgins and Michael Pittman and Tyree Kill. There's just so many guys there that he can pivot to over the a RB2. And then you look at a little bit further down, you have Josh Allen that you can look at. So, Right in that cutoff there, that Elliott Acres kind of turn before you get to David Montgomery is where that you can start targeting a quarterback and Josh Allen. So the top tight ends, the wide receivers, they're all going to come into play here, there. So again, I would just be careful with running back. Don't lock yourself into any running back strategy early there. Keep it open. I still think you should come out with one through the first two rounds if possible. If not, and you get into this split between Akers and Montgomery, just uh, take some chances, mix it up here, maybe invest more in running back later and uh, peel it off with some higher-end lottery tickets and flex plays with upside here that uh, can turn into an RB2 flex situation for you pretty nicely or a good platoon. So that so there's no reason, again, to panic too much, but I think it's more so that if you get that RB, go away from rb Based on what the values are in round two, if you don't get that RB, don't panic and don't force yourself also into a running back in round two. So something to look at again. Just follow where that drop off is. If someone has let a running back go, that uh, you f- is going to fall in that line before we hit David Montgomery. Then you go after that player, and that's a good value. But again, if you go from that, then you want to definitely look and pivot to wide receiver and make sure that you have a good shot at someone with wide receiver one potential here in 12-team league. The other thing I would say is uh, make sure you handcuff if there's a clear situation. Now, Montgomery, part of uh, the sleepers is Khalil Herbert. He's a clear backup to Montgomery. I'd rather have him in a later round there. So make sure you know who the handcuffs are right now. James Conner has, for example, Daryl Williams there behind him, Zeke Elliott. You're going to have to invest a little bit more, but you have to go after Tony Pollard. You have Leonard Fournette with Rashad White, the rookie. Then going earlier, you got uh, some clear guys as well. You have Isaiah Spiller, the rookie, behind Austin Eckler. You got Alexander Madison, still is the number two, behind Dalvin Cook. There you got Samaji Pirine behind Joe Mixon. So there's some clear handcuffs that you can target here, but it is okay to do that. That means you're locking in that team's backfield and the production there. You're in good shape. If you have Mixon and Pirine, you're going to be attached to the Bengals no matter what plays out here if Mixon gets hurt hurt again you got P. Ryan who can take over and be plugged and played in that offense so keep in mind and again you might have to pay a premium for some of these handcuffs Pollard comes to mind the, the A.J. Dillon but just do it just make sure that you're locking up high upside backfield and the best thing about if you attach yourself to Pollard or Dillon or you go to Melvin Gordon behind Javante Williams you've got a potential flex play as well so it's a winner winner there to do that but Just keep in mind, don't let someone else grab your handcuff because then you got to scramble and do all that where now you're set if you really like a team's rushing and receiving production with the running backs. Make sure you lock it up there. I mean, Same thing goes for Jonathan Taylor even. I mean, you don't have to pay as much, but know where you'll have to invest to get that handcuff. In his case, uh, Naeem Hines would be the best option. But, yeah, always think about that because you're, in essence, going after the backfield system here for running and catching. And in a lot of cases, you can plug and play players behind a very good offensive line and make sure that uh, you take care of that. It's worthy as an investment because it's going to keep you from scrambling on the waiver wire later. Now, some situations are not as clear the way we think who might be the number two. Pittsburgh is a good example. That could be a committee approach and you can't go there. But when appropriate and when it makes sense, do that with your handcuffing here. Now, how many backs should you take? I mean, if you're looking at it as a 17-round, 12-team uh, league here, then I think you can take up to six backs. Because I think even even at half-point and full-point PPR leagues, you feel a little bit more about those backs because now there's some receiving dedicated backs that you can get as values there. So you can take up to six backs. You can even take seven. I think it's a little obsessive if you get there. Sometimes I've done it. If I've got more so a regular starting quarterback and a regular starting tight end, then you can take more running backs where you're only trying to fill that one bye week. If you have matchup-proof QB and matchup-proof tight end, that gives you that flexibility to add a little bit more running back depth to your team as well. So that's in the case that you would add seven, but I think you'd have to have one of those bonafide weekly plays at uh, quarterback and tight end, both positions there to do that. Now, some other busts that I'm looking at, I'm McCaffrey and Barkley are a little bit too high for me. Swift, I don't want to pay that premium too much. Alvin Kamara, you got to be wary just of the suspension that could be looming there. Leonard Fournette, there's a little bit of concern there with Rashad White and the way they can go there, but for right now, Fournette is uh, in a good spot. David Montgomery is one of my big circled busts here that I'm a little bit concerned about. Antonio Gibson is another one, just with uh, all the crowd there, with uh, J.D. McKissick and Brian Robinson and that group, J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards and uh, now Mike Davis and Justice Hill and maybe Tyler Batty just gonna be careful especially when he's not right there Josh Jacobs is another guy that you have to be a little bit wary of because it is the fickle nature of Josh McDaniels he's been rumored to be on the trade block you have two good backs behind him and Kenny and Drake and the rookie, Zamir White. So this is why you got to be careful in overdrafting running backs. There's always something there. I think you can look at uh, some other situations. The Clyde edwards lair I'm not feeling good vibes right now and what you're getting there from him. Damian Harris said, uh, just be careful because this job could pivot clearly to Ramondre Stevenson. you got Miles Sanders, who has low upside there. And uh, there you look at the... Rashad Penny this is a guy that you can't trust to stay healthy, even though he produced at a very high level down the stretch last season. So that's in that range, that 4 tier running backs. A lot of traps to avoid, and that's why I say skip that a little bit and wait and see that Zeke Acres line and go from there in your drafts. And, uh, in our final segment, we will look at some deep sleepers that you want to throw out here at running back as you're developing that depth, making sure that If an injury strikes, whether you have a handcuff or guys from different teams, you've diversified your portfolio. We're going to say that a lot with your draft strategies of these positions and find those guys that uh, can really pay off later for you in drafts. We'll get into that in our final segment. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. Make sure you're also checking out uh, our Dynasty show here with our great host. uh, Good uh, team there of four. Insightful minds, just like here on Locked On Fantasy Football. So, any help you can get in the fantasy football season is something you need to look for, and Locked On brings it to you like no one else. And uh, looking forward to some uh, special moments there as we head closer to the draft time there. So, watch out, a uh, lot of uh, good fantasy football stuff coming ahead of when you are on the clock for real here in fantasy football in 2022.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, it is time to close the show, and let's reel off some guys we like later in the draft and running This is the fun part, to get excited about some players that may be undervalued here, Chase Edmonds, I think, is maybe being discounted and making that move from Arizona to Miami. He's got a pretty good role here. Remember, he was one of the first names that came off the board in free agency. So they targeted him for this Mike McDaniel offense pretty early. He could definitely be the Elijah Mitchell of Miami. So watch that. I think this team is going to be rather run-heavy there, so look for it. We mentioned some of those high-end handcuffs, including the Pollard and Dylan. We go a little bit deeper here. You look at Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of buzz with the James White injury to his hip here behind Damian Harris. I like Ken Walker a lot more than Rashad Penny, I don't trust Penny to stay healthy. Walker has the upside and pedigree here from Michigan State. You look at James Cook. I think I'd rather go after him than Devin Singletary. I think he could have a massive role. This is a pass-first team. He's a very good receiver out of the backfield. You look at uh, uh, another guy that I, I think could have some good value here. Damian Pierce, he's going to be a stash that we look at. The Texans' backfield is in flux with uh, Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead ahead of him on the depth chart. So there's some opportunity there. Mack is an off-injured guy. Burkhead is ancient at this point. Gainwell over Singletary, yeah, or Gainwell over Sanders. (laughs) And really, Gainwell late over Singletary is also a good way to go. So he's kind of uh, the second-year version of Cook versus Singletary there. Gainwell versus Sanders. You look at Khalil Herbert. Yeah, love this kid. I think he's very explosive. That's what the Bears want out of their new-look running game. I don't think Dave Montgomery's going to be long for the job when they see a little bit more of Herbert here. In the offseason, in preseason action, you have Tyler Algier. I mean, Cordell Patterson, everyone is just doubting that he can hold up. He's old. He's uh, broken down a little bit last year. It was too much for him to handle that uh, kind of forced-on feature role with uh, Mike Davis kind of fizzling there for Atlanta, so... Tyler Algier is a guy that we're looking at, and we mentioned Rashad White, but there's also Zamir White. If that situation with Josh Jacobs sends him out of there and Kenny Drake is the option, you look there. You look at Brian Robinson Jr., another guy that, sh- that uh, has a strong power back role behind Antonio Gibson, and Tyrion Davis-Price, the 49ers, as we've well documented here, they've had five leading rushers in five seasons with Kyle Shanahan. So he gets fickle. He looks at the shiny new toy. Last year we thought it was Trey Sermon. Then he went to Elijah Mitchell. Raheem Oster didn't stay healthy. They still have Jeff Wilson hanging around. Davis Price is going to get a shot at some key carries here as well. Again, it's very hard to navigate a Shanahan backfield from one year to the next. We saw it a long time. We mentioned it here a lot of times. Like father, like son. I mean Mike Shanahan, once he didn't have uh, Terrell Davis, kind of like Kyle Shanahan with Carlos Hyde. It's been kind of a revolving door of running backs. Plug and play in their zone-blocking system. That's how good it is with the offensive line, especially when we were anchored by the best left tackle in the league, Trent Williams. So something we're going to look at. So a lot of rookies on the list that we're looking at here. Second-year players can uh, be, make a big difference. Uh, I think you also look earlier in that fourth tier that we're looking at, uh, it starts with... Uh, Brees Hall of the Jets, I think he's going to have a key role in a good favorable offense. Travis Etienne there of uh, the Jaguars has looked good, fully healthy from his torn ACL in year two in a more competent offense with Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. So, weighing all that, and there's a lot that you have to think about at running back when you're on the clock, go for the upside later. Don't go for guys that are limping in to roles is just older backs. I'm talking the Sonny Michels of the world. No, you're not going to go invest in these type of players. We saw what happened with Mike Davis last year. You're not going to say, okay, I want to go invest in Chuba Hubbard because McCaffrey's hurt, especially with Donta Foreman in there. Go for the players with the upside. Try to get a league winner at running back later in the draft. And it's worth it, especially if you go with that approach of having a well-rounded team having that RB1, a bonafide wide receiver 1, having a better tight end here, don't get too lost in a quarterback, shuffle and go too deep, and have one of those top options there in that third tier to round out uh, the QB1s. If you do that, it doesn't hurt, because one of these guys are going to hit. If you get enough guys with talent and upside in situations that could break in their favor, something's going to go your way here. So that's, a, that's the thing I look at is, If there's one weakness I've been able to manage and get through and still have winning fantasy football teams, it's been RB2. I could have an absolute dud there at RB2 early, and then I can uh, turn the corner, look at the waiver wire, or one of my stashes there on the back end that are in good situations as young players really steps up here and delivers. So that's why you want to have volume and running back. Keep thinking running back. If you t- take a wide receiver with absolutely no upside, think about a Sammy Watkins. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get anything out of Sammy Watkins, but you could get a feature-type role from one of these running backs later. So way that, that's where running backs are. I mean, they are system-related here, system- and blocking-related and... There's a lot of teams that can plug and play guys and get decent production for you. We saw that last year. We didn't think much of Dante Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard with the Titans, but they gave us some good value there behind uh, Derrick Henry. So, again, think about who the handcuffs are. Think about the high upside backups, the rookies or second-year players or third-year players who are in a good situation in a committee that can emerge from that with a quick injury. That's what we have to keep thinking there. So, running back, it is a highly important position. You have to know how to navigate it, go for the good values, just like every position, and make sure that you're on the lookout for those deep sleepers late that can really pay off in the end with the right things happening. All right, there's your running back draft strategies, uh, rankings tips that you need to help dominate your draft at that position here in 2022. That means tomorrow we're going to talk about wide receivers, so look forward to that breakdown for you here on Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Eyer. Have a great day. Now make your second lesson. Locked On NFL, our team of experts breaking down the entire league from a reality perspective for you here on the network. So exciting stuff there for Locked On Fantasy Football. See you next time with our wide receiver graph strategies.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.